0: Thank you for listening to this message from Tree of Life Church. Our prayer is that it will be a blessing to you and that you will find it helpful for life. So open up your heart to receive God's word for you. So you ready for Ephesians chapter one? You excited about the series? I tell you, man, we as a staff, those of us teaching it and uh, the staff as a whole, we're just excited about this. It's an amazing book. Amazing book. And looking around, looking at a lot of the, the, the diversity of, of Christianity here, we got uh, those that have been in the Lord for quite some time. And, but we're we looking around, we see those who are newer in, in Christ, who are new Christians. And I applaud you uh, because, you know, being here is important. We know that. But this particular series in this particular book is really, I believe, going to open up a lot of things to you. Number one to who you are in Christ and so forth and so on, and how to apply who you are in Christ and all that He's given you. We're going to get to that in a moment. So I just want to encourage you: throughout the summer, stick with it. Turn your your neighbor and say, "Stick with it." Go ahead, tell them you want to be here throughout the entirety of this message. It's going to run all summer. It's twelve weeks. In um, uh, you know each pastor, basically not all of them, but most of us have two weeks per chapter. So uh, with that said, uh, do you have your notes? Everybody have their notes? If you don't, ushers are right there. We made extras, we ran out last week, we made extras. Grab those notes, now they're different. Listen, some of you may have brought your notes from last Wednesday, these notes are different. I added to the notes um, because what I was supposed to finish up last week, we're gonna, why are you already laughing? By the way, listen, let me tell you how I know we're going to finish this week. Somebody bet me a steak dinner. Now, Pastor Don, we are going to finish this message. This is all I'm going to do. I'm just going to tell you what the blanks are, and we're praying. Now, look at Gary, because he's the one that bet me right there. Gary with the, right, Gary? Everybody got your pen? Make sure it works, because here we go. He's like, I bet you a steak dinner you don't finish. I'm like, you're on. If you miss a blank or we don't finish, there's going to be an email up on the screen. Uh, Guys, if you go ahead and put that email, write that down on the top of your notes if you want these notes with all the blanks filled in. And there's a lot of notes. And throughout this series, if you want notes, just email Crystal. She'll go ahead and forward to you as an attachment the notes so you can have them. Because there is a lot of pages of notes here, isn't there? Right? But how many know we want that? Amen? Are you hungry for the word? Let's take a moment, let's go before the Lord. Heavenly Father, we thank you, we praise you. Lord, just the excitement in a a believer's heart uh, for you and your word and the the hunger for the truth of your word. Father, we know it's not just a book written thousands of years ago with some poetry and some thoughts and so forth. It literally is your heartbeat. It It is tapping into your mind. It's being able to peer into your thoughts and your ways. So Father, our hearts are open, we are receptive, we are ready to receive your precious word. Now Father, let me speak this out. For all of us, your word is precious to us. It's very dear to us. Lord, if I can simply say, we love your word. We cherish Your word. So, Father, with that in mind, help us, Holy Spirit, tonight to learn something of this wonderful book of Ephesians in Jesus' name. And all that agreed said, Amen. Amen. Well, let's look, if you can, on your notes. You don't have it on these notes. If you have your notes from last week, last week was simply the introduction, it was a synopsis of the book. I'm going to go over just two parts from that synopsis from last week, and then we're gonna get right into the notes that you received tonight. Would you let me do that? Because it's important to go over these two particular parts of the breakdown of the book of Ephesians. And by the way, if you weren't here last week, you wanna get the synopsis, you wanna get the introduction, the breakdown of the book of Ephesians. And again, just email Crystal to that email address and she'll send it to you. Because it'll help you, here's the reason for that. It'll help you in your study. Of Ephesians, but my my heartbeat, and all of us who are going to be teaching us, our heartbeat is that it's going to hopefully open up uh, a, a door in, in your study and in observation of how you are studying uh, the Word of God. And let me add this: if you are studying the Word of God, and this is for especially for new believers, because a lot of times we're encouraged to read our Bibles. Amen. Are, are we encouraged to? Do, should we do that? Right. But studying is different from reading. And we wanna learn and we wanna build into our, our devotions the discipline of studying the word of God. And it's not always easy. It depends on your personality bent, depends on how you think. Uh, you know, For some, it's easier to study versus others. But regardless, for all of us, we wanna learn how to build into our devotions uh, studying God's word. Now let me just say this from the front end of this. To begin to study God's word, it's gonna take a little more time and effort than just reading as a devotion. Is it okay if I say that? Is that all right? And I'm smiling at you because some of you are like, I barely get to read my Bible. But let me tell you what will happen. As you begin to incorporate studying into your devotions, you're gonna love it. How many here study the word of God, not just read? Don't you get hooked. Come on, let's encourage those around us, maybe who aren't yet studying, don't you get hooked. When you start studying the word of God, because see, you could read something and and my tendency is I'll be reading and all of a sudden my mind fades and I I swear to to the Lord, this happens a lot. I'll end up reading the same chapter four times. I'm just like, what did I just read? So for me, I almost have to study because then, because a lot of times, listen, now for some, this may be sacrilegious. If I'm doing a devotional study, a lot of times I don't even finish the whole chapter. Because I'll be reading along and something will strike my heart, a verse or two or three within that whole chapter and I'll spend my whole time on those three or four chapters. You think that's okay with Jesus? Help me out, do you think that's? Some of you are like shaking your head. Should I repent every time, no. So look at this. Here's a quick overview of the synopsis, and I'm going to get right in to the message because my steak dinner is on order right now. Here we go, Gary. Here we go. Right here in the synopsis, it's going to be up on the screen. We're going to show you the breakdown. It says here the epistle, this particular epistle, by the way, the Ephesians, as we talked about, is a letter from Paul. We got into all this last week, where this particular city of of Ephesus was located. We broke all that down, the you know, the location, the history, all that. So you want to maybe get the CDs as well. But it says the epistle divides into two sections. It's going to be up on the screen. The first is the believer's position. That's you as a Christian, your position in Christ. That is broken up through chapters one, two, and three. Chapters one, two, and three of the book of Ephesians really is helping us understand who we are as Christians and who we are as Christ. What does that mean positionally? What does that mean positionally? In God's eyes, number one, listen, everybody look at me. In God's eyes, number one. See, listen, when God's view of you is correct because you're in Christ, you are in the right place and the right position spiritually. Because look at everybody, look at me. when God says this to you, that you are thumbs up spiritually, you are on your way to constant victory in life. No matter, listen, no matter what comes your way. The second is the believer's practice. That's going to be chapters four, five, and six. So chapters one, two, and three define for us our position, who we are in Christ, how we're seated in the heavenly realm, and so forth and so on. But the, the, the other three chapters, four, five, and six, will tell us how to apply, how to apply who we are in Christ. And some of it gets into relationships, by the way. You're gonna love that. Hey, Ephesians chapter four talks about your relationships among each other, that you have a gift, you need to bring it. Turn to, turn to your neighbor say, bring it. Go ahead, tell them, bring it. You need to be bringing your gift to church, that's Ephesians four. Ephesians five is gonna get into marriages. Woo, all married couples said. Woo, right? And then Ephesians six is gonna talk about warfare. And victory over our adversary. Amen. Now, real quick, let's jump on. Let me give you the breakdown of the chapters, and we'll get right into our message tonight. Chapter one simply talks about the Redeemer, the Resurrected Lord, the King who reigns. Chapter two talks about him as the peacemaker. It also talks about him as Jesus, as the chief cornerstone. Chief cornerstone, what does a cornerstone mean? Back in those days, architecturally, if you were to build a building, the chief cornerstone or stones had to be in place for that building and and look at some of them in ruins yet, but yet the corners, the foundation are still standing. So the cornerstone, Jesus is the chief cornerstone of which everything of Christianity is built upon. How many glad it ain't on your shoulders? How many are glad you can wake up every day even though you're going to make mistakes tomorrow? Some of us are going to make mistakes before we even get home tonight, but how many are glad that your justification and your righteousness is not built upon you and your shoulders and you doing everything right? Chief cornerstone, number three. Can you tell I'm excited? chapter three the ultimate treasure the ultimate treasure is in you by the way and it's going to talk about the security i love this when i wish i was teaching this part the security of god's love Woo. who got chapter three i forget who has chapter three but um man the security i think rob does don't you have no yeah somebody does uh, we hope somebody does can i do it no The security of God's love. See, that's probably the biggest stumbling block in most believers is not being secure, that God loves them, even when we make mistakes. Okay, I know, get moving, Ken. Chapter four, giver of gifts. Giver of gifts, that talks about in Ephesians 4, what I said a moment ago, every one of you who are breathing here tonight, and please keep breathing, amen, every one of you who are breathing here tonight, you have a gift from God, but guess what? I need your gift. It's not for you. The gift God gave you is not for you. So quit keeping it. And the only way, listen, the only way your gift will come out is when you get among the body, all of a sudden your gift begins to rise up. You, ain't no way, you, you, I dare you to try to stop it and keep it down, it won't. It will rise among the anointing, the corporate anointing. And we're all gonna recognize and go, whoo I need that, come on. Amen. So the giver of gifts, the destroyer of captivity. How many love that? Right? Chapter five, the model husband of the bride, his church. Again, all husbands and wives said, Woo woo, right? All right, chapter six, the Lord mighty in what? Battle. All right, here we go. Let's go to Ephesians chapter one. Yes, we are actually getting to the verses victory in Jesus. Ephesians chapter one, let's start with verse one. Actually, we're gonna start with verse three, guys. Verse three, Ephesians chapter one, verse three. Right there on your nose. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing. I need you to mark that phrase. Every, or actually, uh, yeah, every spiritual blessing. You could even do blessed us with, but just especially the every spiritual blessing. There's multiple spiritual blessings. And we're going to define those in this study tonight. I'm telling you, for some of you, you've never heard this before. For those of us who have, it's a great reminder. Imagine, listen, there's an array, an array of spiritual gifts and blessings that God's given us. And knowing those gifts, those blessings, spiritual blessings, is the key to your victory. That's why some of you aren't gaining victory in your lives. Because you're not aware of what you actually have in your arsenal, if you will. Every spiritual blessing in a heavenly places in Christ. Notice it's in Christ, just as He chose. Mark the word, chose us in Him before the foundation of the world that we should be holy. Mark the word, holy. These are the words we're going to define and study. And without blame before Him. I mean, just look at that phrase that we should be holy without blame before Him in what? Verse five, having predestined us to adoption, mark the word adoption. It's not what you may think adoption that we know adoption to be, it's not that. It's not that. We're gonna define it even more. As sons by Jesus Christ to himself. According to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise of the glory of his grace by which he made us accepted in the beloved. In In him we have redemption, mark the word redemption through his blood mark his blood if you will and then mark this next phrase the forgiveness of sins we're going to talk about that according to the riches of his grace notice that phrase the riches of his what how many know there's some folks if i said their name say rockefeller whatever if i just start throwing out names you would think rich right listen we're talking about god and his grace When the Bible says the riches of whatever, in this case, his grace, (laughs) come on, are you with me tonight? It's endless. I don't know about you, that's good, some of you need to smile back at me, but for me, that's good news, because I need his grace. Just today, I know that may shock some of you, but today, I needed his grace, Amen? amen? According to the riches of his grace which he made, abound look at this phrase god help me please get through this tonight that he made to abound toward us i mean imagine what you may think abounding means but we're talking about a god type of abounding abound toward us in all wisdom and prudence mark wisdom and prudence We're going to explain what that means. Because see, for for some of us here tonight, there's so much of God's grace, the riches of God's grace available, but you have no understanding of it. That's the wisdom and the prudence. You've got to have the understanding of it. And once you do... Again, you're going to gain victory in your life. You're going to to realize that's why I've been spinning my wheels, because I haven't understood the richness of his grace. That's what that's saying. That's what the Apostle Paul's getting to with the church of Ephesus in his writing. Having made known to us, now here's why it's entitled Mysteries Revealed, an in-depth study of, of Ephesians. It says, and to make known to us the mystery of his will, See some, we talked about this last week, some are saying, hey, I'm a Christian, I have no clue what that means. I understand. When I first gave my life to the Lord, I had no idea what that meant. But listen, throughout this book, and others of course, obviously in the Bible, it helps define that. It goes on to say, to make known the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure which he purposed in himself that in the dispensation of the fullness of times. What in the world? See, that's the idea of doing these studies. What in the world does dispensation of the fullness of the times? How many go around using the word dispensation? Have you used that word lately? See, that's why we have to study these things out. See, if you were just reading this as a devotion, you would just go right over that. So when you study it, it helps break it down and make you aware. Gives you prudence of it. He might gather together in one all things of Christ by which are in heaven, which are on earth, in him. In him also we have obtained an inheritance. Mark the word inheritance, and that's the last word I'll have you mark. And now I'm just going to speed read the rest because we're going to break it down. Being predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will. Verse 12, that we who first trusted in Christ should be to the praise of his glory verse 13 in him you also trusted after you heard the word of truth the gospel of your salvation in whom also having believed you were sealed oh i forgot that word mark that word see i lied one more word mark sealed with the holy spirit of promise who is the guarantee of our inheritance until the redemption purchase possession to the praise of his glory are you ready here we go, let's break this down. Our position, first blank, position. Our position in Christ. Position defined. It means a status, a standing, or condition. A status, a standing, or condition. How many know if you were going into an, uh, a situation with a lawyer and there was a will involved and you were uh, an, an heir of that inheritance and you had the same last name? How many know it's looking good? Your positioned, your status, your condition legally is looking good. How many understand that? Let's go on and I'll define this as we go. Verse four, in the Amplified. Even as in his love he chose us, actually picked us out for himself as his own. Do you you see that? He chose us, actually picked you out out and chose you as his own see sometimes i think when we look at the massness of christianity in the body of christ throughout literally the mass of it we think oh god's so busy with china and all these world events and the floods that were happening here in texas he surely can't be thinking about little old me folks he chose you picked you out every one of us here every one of us he handpicked you Whew, turn to your neighbor and said, This is good. Go ahead, tell them. In Christ before the foundation of the world, do you understand what that means? Before the world was even created, he had you in mind. Man, don't tell me you ain't special. You ever say that to me? Mm, don't tell yourself you're special. That's not egotistical, that's Bible. You are special. Before the foundation, though, that we should be holy, consecrated, set apart for him, blameless in his sight, even above reproach, before him in love. Message translation. Long before he laid down earth's foundations, he had us in mind, had settled on us as, look at this, the focus of his love. You're the... You're the focus of his love. Let's break this down what this means. Letter A, chosen is that word blank, that blank there, chosen. This word refers to and reveals God's focus of his love. So, in other words, with these scriptures, they're saying if God chose you, he had to focus on you. Okay, when you go to a store, especially you ladies, you're gonna get this probably more than the guys. Maybe guys, if it's like a, a car store, maybe. A, who are into guns, a gun store, whatever you're into, golf, right? When you go to a store and you're looking at you're shopping, you're looking and all of a sudden you pick what you want, right? You choose what you want. You had to focus on it to get it. But here's the key, you got to get this. God in you, who you are, knew exactly what he wanted. That's why he was able to focus on you and that's why he's able to choose you. Cuz you are exactly what he wanted. <laughs> that's why he can hand pick you cuz you're exactly what he wanted he, listen you're exactly what he had on his mind so the next blank on his mind that's what chosen means that's what focus means it also means focus also means consumed his thoughts you consume his thoughts. Oh yeah, I know, Ken. I know God's thoughts that are consuming him. Is that rascal. Whoa, that, that, that black sheep of the family. Are they ever going to get it together? No. We read in these verses already that God had predestined you, you ever been on his mind, ever been his focus, to be holy. So when you messing up, as we all do, God already sees you as holy. So what God does in your messing up, my messing up, all of God's children's messing up, you know what he does? He says, hey, you messed up, but you know what? I already see you as holy. You're already on my mind. I handpicked you. I chose you. You're my focus and my love. So come on, I'm going to teach you some things about how and why you're messing up so you don't mess up no more. You need to smile back at me. This is good news. Some of you looking weird you're looking way too serious no I got you thinking right see because you know what I'm talking about that's reality of of life that's reality of Christianity that's reality of being a person we stumble over our messing up and we don't understand how God sees about our messing up he sees our messing up a whole lot different typically than we do letter B let's go to letter B made holy, talked about in those verses, not just as though you never sinned, but no longer a sinner by nature. See, there's a portion of notes right there for you to write. Listen, let me read that again to you. Not just as though you never sinned, God making you holy, it's but no longer a sinner by nature. What does that mean? See, when you read that and and you're not taught and we don't study it, we read right by it and we have no clue. That is probably one of the most key truths of Christianity right there. It's the key to your victory of the messing up that you do. See, when you become a Christian, when you say, Jesus, come into my heart, is the phrase that we use, or we say, Jesus, I call upon you as my Lord and Savior, I believe in you, Jesus, something happens to you and I on the inside. There's a spiritual curse that Adam and Eve, how many, I've said this before and I always say it, how many just wish, we can line up Adam and Eve in heaven and just slap them. Wouldn't that be awesome? Look at Pastor Don start thinking. It. Wouldn't that be neat? Just everybody gets one slap. Because when God created this earth, he created it perfect. And Adam and Eve by nature were perfect. They, they had God's nature god's spirit in them they sinned they messed up a curse came god's nature left them a sinful nature consumed them spiritually but what jesus did and i'm trying to give this to you real quick what jesus did though when he went to the cross he paid for all that debt of sin of what adam and eve did that's typically what he went to the cross for was typically for what adam and eve did i thought it was for my sins yeah of course but you only sinned because of what adam and eve did so it typically was for what Adam and Eve did to clear up that, to make that straight. And so what happens is when you say, Jesus, come into my heart, the Holy Spirit comes to live inside you. God takes out your sinful nature and he allows his nature to live in you. We're gonna get to that in a moment. Number two, let's look at number two, verses five and six. And he amplified. For he foreordained us, destined us, planned in love for us. Do you see that statement? Please mark that. Lord, help me, help me now. Because I want to run with this and I'm tasting my steak dinner right now. He planned in love for us. This whole thing's about his love. Christianity is all about his love. It's just love, the love of God, the acceptance of God for you. Planned the love for us to be adopted, revealed as his own kids Mm. through Jesus Christ in accordance with the purposes of his will because it pleased him and was his kind intent so that we might be to the praise and the commendation of his glorious grace, favor, and mercy, which he so freely bestowed on us in the beloved message translation. I love this. Verse five and six, long, long ago. He decided to adopt us into his family through Jesus Christ, which pleasure he took in planning this. He wanted us to enter into the celebration. Look at this. Mm-hmm. Into the celebration of his lavish gift giving by the hand of his beloved son. Glory to God. But man, can I think Christianity's boring? Are you kidding me? Listen, can I be straight? This is why some of us backslide because we're not getting revelation like the lavish gift giving of God through Jesus Christ. There's no way Christianity will ever be boring. There's no way I'm going to ever turn my back on Jesus that I ain't yet come close to having what he has for me. Lavish gift giving by the hand of God. (sighs) I I need to do push-ups right now, I just, That's why some of us turn our back on Jesus because we're not seeing these things because we haven't learned them. Because once you learn them, once it becomes revelation, you're gonna start believing for them. Letter A, adopt it. What in the world does adopt it mean? See, we think of adoption as, which my wife and I did in our family, there's a young lady we adopted at the age of 16 uh, legally, we adopted her. She had the right to use our last name. But she wasn't ours biologically. But see, God's adoption is totally different. When God adopts you, He changes you spiritually to His spiritual DNA. <laughs> Let's go on. Taken from a culture of rebellion, this is what adopted. Taken God's adoption, taken from a culture of rebellion and made fit for his culture of righteousness. Made fit. I don't, don't you ever say I don't deserve the blessings of God because of my messing up. Get rid of that stuff, quit saying that. Spiritually you've been made fit. Just like in the natural adoption with this young lady that Missy and I adopted, she she was fit legally as an heir to everything we owned. She didn't hold our DNA. She wasn't ours biologically, but legally she was. But God said not only spiritually legally are you mine, but for you to be spiritually legally mine, I got to change your whole spiritual DNA. (laughs) Woo! not just recipients of his name but our spiritual blank is dna was changed to match his that's why the devil gets so mad that's right. and it get you to believe all this crazy stuff about you and you're a mess and you're you're you're, you're you know uh, there's no help there's no hope quit believing that you got god's dna inside you See, I gotta hold on, because I'm ready to run right now. I just, I don't know what to do. Look at number three, verse seven. Common English Bible translation. We have been ransomed through his son's blood, and we have forgiveness for our failures based on his overflowing grace. Look at that verse. We've been ransomed through his son's blood. We have forgiveness for our failures based on his overflowing grace. Letter A, redemption is that particular blank. We're going to talk about redemption here for a moment. Because that, that's what ransom means. The next blanks are ransomed and released. Ransomed and released. Set free from captivity. Ransom, released, set free from captivity. Listen, we, how many have ever seen the movies where somebody gets kidnapped, there's a ransom note, you pay the ransom, the, the person kidnapped is set free. That's exactly what happened with Jesus at the cross. You and I were held in ransom, if you will, to the sin nature. A sin nature. There was no way because of what Adam and Eve did 6,000 or more years ago, what they did, that sinful nature, there's no way you could free yourself from it. You and I were kidnapped to it. And there was such a ridiculous ransom on it that you and I couldn't pay it ever. ever. Right. And Jesus said, "I'm so rich. Yep. <laughs> I'm so rich. I got so much. I'm so rich in grace. I'm gonna pay it for you." Yep. <laughs> Amen. Woo hoo! Key. Quit trying to pay it. Some of you are spinning your wheels. I'm going to, oh God, I messed up last week, so I'm going to read my Bible three times as much. Quit doing those spiritual hoops. We think if we jump through this spiritual hoop and I jump through that spiritual hoop, oh, there's one more spiritual hoop. Man, I need to pray on my knees, literally. I got to get on my knees. That's what it is. I've been laying in bed praying and God's all upset. I better get on my knees and pray. All right, if we jump all through these spiritual hoops, finally God's going to go, He did the spiritual hoop jumping, folks. He did it. Kick back, relax, and keep tapping into daddy's riches. Dad, I need some more. I got it, son. Go get it. (laughs) Why through his blood? Next blank is blood. Why, Why does it say ransomed or redeemed through his blood blood's the key to life if i took all the blood out of you you're dead (laughs) scripture puts it this way life of the flesh is in the blood so jesus said you are spiritually dead and therefore you're going to physically die but i'm going to go ahead and give my life my blood which was pure by the way because he himself never sinned So when he shed his blood, which is the key to life, that blood was innocent. See, when you and I, before Jesus, we were guilty. Our blood's tainted. No human being could ever have paid the ransom like Jesus could because his blood was not tainted. Real quick, go back to the Old Testament. In the Old Testament days, they had to find a a, a lamb that was spotless, A pure, literally the priest would have to study over this lamb, a white lamb, and look, and literally there could not be one little spot on that lamb. It had to be pure white for the atonement sacrifice. That was an obvious preparation of Jesus to come. Amen? How many glad the lamb of God, as he's entitled, did it for you? Gave his blood. Letter B, forgiveness of sins. Forgiveness of sins. That means pardoned, no record of wrongdoing. Come on now. If anybody here like myself before Jesus, now this is before Jesus, everybody look at me, this is before Jesus, has ever been guilty and imprisoned when somebody says you're pardoned, you have no record, which mine, by the way, was removed. You can go into the records, you're not gonna see me ever being in prison, but I was. Because God blessed me. But regardless if it was removed or not, bottom line, as far as God's concerned, it's removed all of our wrongdoings. But see, the devil will bring it up, and I know this is adage for some, but some of us, we've never heard this before. The devil will go digging. Oh, don't you remember? You did back in 1985. Remember what you did yesterday? Right now he's telling you stuff you did on the way in the church tonight. He loves go, to go dig. But as soon as you say, Jesus, forgive me of that sin. Cleanse me with your precious blood. Guess what happens? It never exists. In God's eyes now. Remember, in God's eyes. Remember, the whole key to this is God's viewpoint of view. That's the whole key to your Christianity and the success of your Christianity is God's viewpoint of you. Because see, you and I struggle with our viewpoint of ourselves. But once we become in revelation and understanding of God's viewpoint of us, it changes our viewpoint of us because his matter is not ours. See, you'll keep beating yourself up until you get the viewpoint of God for you. and we spend all this energy beating ourselves up, God says, listen, everybody look at me, this is so key. God says, quit spending energy beating yourself up. Start spending energy in going after my riches. Go after, some of you didn't get it. I'm gonna say it one more time. Quit beating yourself up, you're wasting energy. Use the energy to go after his riches. The lavish gift giving of God. Verses 8 through 10, there ain't no steak dinner coming, I know it. During, I'm so disappointed, man. Pastor Don, would you buy me one anyways? I was going to be on Gary's side. You were going to be on Gary's side. My own pastor. Pastor Lemoyne, forget it. He, he, he was playing the fifth. He didn't say anything. He just, he just looked like, you already know the answer. Verses eight through 10, here we go. Common English Bible translation. Which he poured over us with wisdom and understanding. Remember what we're reminding ourselves of is we have been ransomed through his son's blood. We have forgiveness for our failures based on his overflowing grace, which he poured over us. So that ransoming, the redemption, the release of captivity through his blood, he poured over us. Notice it's poured over you through something. It's through What? Everybody look at your notes. Come on, you got to see it. Say it. it How's it poured over you? Wisdom and understanding. See, that's why some of us aren't experiencing it because we don't understand it. And that's why Paul wrote it the way he wrote it. Verse nine, God revealed his hidden design to us because God don't want it, this, this wonderful richness of his grace that he wants to pour over us. He doesn't want it a mystery to you. He wants the mystery revealed to you so that you can experience it, which is according to His good will and the plan that he intended to accomplish through His Son. This is what God planned for the climax of all times: to bring all things together in whom? Christ. Christ. Everybody say it's about Jesus, it's about me. Not about me. The things in heaven along with the things on earth in the Amplified, which he lavished upon us in every kind of wisdom and understanding, which means practical insight and what? Everybody say prudence. Now jump down if you can to your uh, letter A where it has a blank. No, write the word understanding equals comprehension. You've got to comprehend this in order to understand it. How many you have ever had something taught to you new And the person teaching says, do you understand it? And you're like, (laughs) but how many know once you understand it, it's like literally like the light bulb goes off and you go, oh, I understand. Oh, I get it now, you comprehend it. That's exactly what Paul's saying. But in this writing of chapter one, he goes on to say, which we're probably not gonna get to those verses tonight, unfortunately, but further down in the verses of chapter one, he says, That's why, listen, everybody look at me. He said, that's why I'm praying that God will open the eyes of your understanding and fill you to overflowing the mystery of his will. So this is one of our takeaways. Get in this chapter. Find, it starts with verse 15. Find that prayer that Paul prayed. Start praying it over yourself, number one. Write this down, please, because some of you aren't praying this. Start praying that for yourself, number one. Number two, start praying it for your family. Number three, start praying it for your pastor and his family and the staff of this church. Start praying it for those around you. Start praying it for your brothers and sisters in Christ. Pray that the eyes of their understanding may be opened and enlightened. Lord, fill them with the knowledge and understanding of your will. Think on this, what good is all those spiritual blessings that we read in verse three, remember? If first we don't know about them, and second, if we don't know how to experience them. Well, Paul gave us the secret to experiencing them is ask God to show you about them. Comprehension. Once God shows you, you're going to understand. Once you understand, you're going to comprehend. Once you comprehend, you're going to apply. We've got three minutes. Let's look at verses 11 and 12. We have also received an inheritance of Christ. We were destined by the plan of God who accomplishes everything according to his design. We are called to be an honor to God's glory because we were the first to hope in Christ. Inheritance, letter A, that's your blank right there, inheritance, that which is given to one as a possession. All these spiritual blessings are gifts, it's an inheritance, you're an heir of this inheritance of these spiritual gifts, this lavish gift giving that God, you inherited it. It's given to you as a gift. How many know when your name ends up on the will of your great uncle who is very, very wealthy, You didn't do anything to get that wealth. He did it all. But it's a gift. It's simply a gift. Listen, because of your position, your status, and your condition as a family member. (laughs) That's the only reason you're marching in there with that lawyer in his office and saying, okay, I'm ready. It's the same with you and Jesus. Jesus. You're not some outcast, adopted family member with no real uh, uh, true connection to God. Biologically, if you will, it's really spiritually. But you are. That which is given to us as a possession, you own these spiritual blessings. You own, you own, they're already yours. You own these spiritual blessings. Understanding of them helps us to take ownership of them. I love how Pastor Donald say to us as staff and say to us as church members of Tree of Life Church, own the vision. Well, we know, he especially knows, you cannot own it until you comprehend it and the only way you're going to comprehend it is he and all of us as staff especially and the key leaders here constantly express it teach it and talk about it verses 13 through 14 it's in Christ that you once heard the truth and believed this message of your salvation found yourselves home free signed look at this signed sealed and delivered I'm yours. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, well, well, let me, let me, well, where'd that come from? Let me get back, let me get back, back in the spirit. Sign, I had to do that. Some of you email Pastor Don, please do not email me. Oh, that's been done before, no. (laughs) Signed, sealed, and delivered. What? See, you'll never forget that by the Holy Spirit. The signet, the seal, the signet from God is the first installment. Do you get this? We can go another hour. Just, to, just the Holy Spirit living in you is just the first. Listen. The Holy Spirit lives in you when you ask Jesus into your heart. Jesus doesn't come to live in your heart. He does it by the Holy Spirit. Because he just said, I'm going to leave, but he, the Holy Spirit, is going to come. The Holy Spirit living in you is just the first down payment of the inheritance. Listen, of the lavish gift giving of God. Now, how many love, some of you don't know him yet. You're going to get to know him. But how many know the Holy, how many love the Holy Spirit? That's the first part of this. Oh my, but Christianity's boring, brother. <laughs> if he who's my best friend is the beginning of this thing, Come on. Yeah. Come on. let me give you these blanks and we'll go ahead and finish. Letter A sealed. Sealed means to set a mark upon. Spiritually, you're marked. In the spiritual realm, the devil sees you as a Christian, you're marked. The signet of God is upon you. That's why he hates you, by the way. But that's okay. Let him hate. Let him hate. (laughs) To authenticate. You're authentic. Look at me, every one of you. You're the real deal. Quit thinking you're not. In God's, remember, this is all about God's viewpoint. In God's eyes, if you truly accepted Jesus, which for some here, if you haven't yet, we're going to, in just a moment, we're going to give you opportunity. You know you've been thinking about it. But once you accept Jesus, you become authentic, the real deal, spiritually. It means to prove as genuine. As they say in South Texas, you are genuine. Right? Is that how they say it? Or is that West Virginia? No. We hope that you enjoyed this message. You can find more messages and information about Tree of Life Church